0: Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the program, and it is show number 110. Good afternoon to our live viewing audience here on Facebook. Proud member of the Education Podcast Network, as well as Voicehead Radio Canada. Wherever you are consuming podcasts, we are excited you are joining us here on episode number 210. We are going to welcome in... Second time guest, Dr. Larry Dake here in a moment. Uh, I've had a few repeat guests and Larry is going to be one of those. He's doing great things, uh, not only in the Binghamton area, but uh, in the field of education and really looking forward to talking to Larry in just a moment. We got his new book, his second book out. Good stuff. So we'll meet Dr. Dake in a moment. I do want to thank today's sponsor. uh, And they're a new sponsor with us. Particle. Uh, men's healthcare, men's formula daily care. Take a look. This is their face cream. And I brought a couple other products today. Here's their body wash, right? And uh, uh, here is the shampoo, right? I am 46 uh, at the time of this broadcast. And uh, uh, this stuff, I- I'm telling you, I'm trying to keep my hair right. It's that thickening shampoo. Uh, good stuff. But this face cream here, Particle Men's Face Cream incredible um, you know i never really took care of my skin right i put sunscreen on things like that but as i get older i'm looking to uh try to hold on to the face i got and uh really good stuff trying to work on the bags under my eyes you know getting that rest uh but check them out um there's a discount code 20 mirada we'll give you 20 percent off that discount code 20 mirada uh and we'll try to get the link uh in the chat but here it is particle Uh, Men's products. Check them out. They're on Facebook. They're on Amazon. They're everywhere and uh, really good stuff for men. So check them out. Happy to have this uh, uh, relationship with particle. All right. The name of Dr. Dake's newest book is identifying small habits. And what are those small habits that you're doing right now that are helping you as well as maybe not, right? What are some of those habits maybe that have to come off the table? uh in your life uh, and then what you're doing i've shared with you over the past couple of weeks i just read the miracle morning and uh great book that has got me refocused on getting to bed early as well as waking up early and that five to six hour that five to six you know 15 you know before i had to work uh, try to get to work by 6:45. Just, it's a great time, and I'm really uh, enjoying that hour, hour and 15 I have. So what are your small habits and the things that help you and the things that hurt you? One of the activities I've enjoyed doing uh, with um, my leadership groups that I do is called Above the Line and Below the Line. And what are the behaviors, what are the habits that are above the line that help you, that help, help you grow, that help you uh, be a better person? And then maybe what are some of those habits or behaviors that are below the line of yours right that maybe hurt us so i urge you to look at those in your own life have some reflection on that and uh uh you know that's a good process to do as a leader i do want to thank aj uh, bianco for uh tuning in aj he runs unlock the middle guys got more podcasts and uh, larry dates got books uh, but uh, A.J. is a good friend uh, New Jersey. A.J., thanks for tuning in. Enough of me talking. Uh, let's bring in uh, Dr. dick here from Binghamton, New York. Dr. Dick, it's good to see you again. Hey, Andrew, you look great as
1: well, with or without the particle. You're looking fantastic, but uh, I can tell that face wash is paying off already. So. <laughs>
0: You yeah, guys, guys are already plugging the, 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 part the particle. we got to get you some. you got a, yeah. a, a great face for a video podcast. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Good to see you, Larry. Thanks for Thank coming you. on Doing again. Thanks well.
1: you. Thanks for having me back, Andrew. Really excited to be here and uh, looking forward to our conversation.
0: For sure. Yeah. You, you have a lot going on, Larry, assistant superintendent. And uh, let's start with the opening topic there, identifying small habits. You have a new book out. Tell yeah. us about that journey. Yeah. So the, the first book I
1: wrote, Crisis Management, was really going through a grad program, an ad leadership program, and teaching in one as well, like you do, and then working with lots of young leaders, thinking about what really makes or breaks leaders. It's often not the, the topics in the class they're taking. It's, it's working with people, and it's getting into the wrong fit, and, it, and those kinds of things. And so this book, I wanted to be a little different. And now having been in a leadership position for a number of years, catching myself slipping into some bad habits. Um, Even good leaders develop habits that can detract from their effectiveness. And so that was really the goal here. The idea is that there are 38 four to five page bite-sized topics. Folks can read it cover to cover. They can check out the table of contents and dive into one that resonates with them. It's easy to go back to if you want a little piece here and there. But the idea is that all of us over the course of time can tend to drift. Particularly when we've been successful, we've gotten positive feedback. And you know we're not sort of the younger wide-eyed administrator open to everything that maybe we were when we first started. And it's easy to develop these things. And in and of themselves, I would suggest that no one of them would, would cause a career derailment. But if enough of them happen over time and we don't catch them, it can certainly detract from that next position or, getting your school to the next level or retaining staff at a high degree if, if we don't catch them. So that was really the motivation is that even really successful, reflective, positive uh, veteran school leaders can fall into bad
0: habits. And,
1: and I think we all do. And, and that was really the motivation for it.
0: Yeah, and even in the subtitle here, uh, left unchecked by school leaders, small faults can become major cracks. So Larry, what would you say maybe are one or two things that you know, maybe that we do fall in when we, when we get a little off our, our best game, things like that.
1: Yeah, I would say there, there are a couple um, that, that, that come to mind. I think, you know, certainly when you come into an administrative position and I, I'm go, teaching a class right now, we talk about it all the time of practicing gratitude and recognizing our support staff and, you know, recognizing the contributions of the entire building, um, you know, those are the things that are easy to do but are also very easy not to do. Mm -hmm. And I think without the intentionality of having two thank you cards on your desk every day, of building relationships with all staff members in the building, you know, folks can feel taken for granted over time. um, When hard decisions have to be made, they may not understand why those are being made without that relationship. So that's one that certainly comes to mind right away. Um, You know, I I think another one that we all fall into at times and is actually factual. But I think when it comes from the leader in the building leaves a bad taste in people's mouths is really kind of talking about how busy we are yeah. and, and what we would call humble bragging, you know, talking about the dozens and dozens and dozens of emails that you come back to when you're on the playground or the number of night events that you have. And, you know, talking about this with your staff, when you're, you know, you're in the position of power, you're probably, if you're a building principal, the highest paid employee in the building. And that kind of thing just doesn't really resonate with people when you're talking about how busy you are um, as a leader and not trying to focus on how do you make other people's jobs more streamlined and more effective. A lot of these positions include taking on more responsibility. And while we should have balance in our lives, we should find ways to promote that. That, that talking about how busy we are with, with everyone, I think, tends to rub people the
0: wrong way um, and I don't think does us any favors. Yeah, that's a great point. I read that one and uh, they don't want to hear it. Right. They just want to get the job done. And, and, and what can we as leaders do to support our schools, support our staff, that kind of stuff. Not- it
1: takes you out of a mindset of service as well, because that's really what this is about. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's about serving your school community and serving your building and serving your students and serving your staff. And I think as soon as we start making it about ourselves, That's where we can really go astray. Not that we don't all have moments where we close the door and we vent, or we close the door and we just need 20 minutes to get right. I mean, that's going to happen to all of us, but I think when we take it outside of that or outside of the relationship of a trusted mentor, that's where that can consistently become, I think, pretty pretty damaging.
0: Larry, this is your second book uh, and you published it with Roman and Littlefield. Was this book easier to write the second time around? Now that you kind of, you know, you did your first one, you learned how to do it. It was, it was successful. Uh, You spoke at a number of times, uh, different places about it. Was, was this one easier to write? I don't know if it was easier, Andrew, it was different. The first
1: book was really about stories. It was about some stories of leaders that have been in different situations. And it had some, some practical tips about um, time management and entry plans and, was really geared towards someone who's in an internship program, someone who's just starting their career. That was really the, 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 the genesis of that book. You know, this book was really like writing 38 separate mini books and then trying to figure out how it fits together and how it flowed. It was easier from the perspective of that when you go through the process once of writing a book, the publishing process and how that ebbs and flows, that becomes a little more predictable. Um, but I think it was more different than it was easy. And uh, that's probably the biggest reflection I would have on that.
0: Yeah. And, Larry, how, you mentioned the word balance before. And you and I have spoken a lot about this, and we're getting to know each other better. We each have three children. Um, how did you find the time? People are talk about, I don't have time to write a book, right? Yeah. How did you carve out that time, being a busy school leader like yourself, assistant superintendent, your children, your family? How did you do it? Yeah, you know, I remember when I was writing my
1: doctoral dissertation, um, we had two young children, we were pregnant with our third, and people have said, well, how did you do it with that many? I don't know if I would have done it if we didn't have that kind of time pressure. I think being uncomfortable um, often can can push you to develop those habits to, to make it more comfortable. And so, you know, one thing that I have found for me, you talked a little bit about the Miracle Morning um, in different venues, you know, that that... 5-ish AM timeframe when you can, you can focus and be productive and you're not taking time from your family is, is really, really valuable. And that's just a habit that I wouldn't say 365 days a year, but certainly is an, is an avenue where I know I can find some time for things like this, or I can find some time to work on the Ed leadership class that I teach, um, or also obviously do do things for my job. Um, I, I know that I will have the ability to carve out five to seven extra hours a week that way, which is in some ways a whole other workday, you know, in, in some ways. And so, you know, I think everyone has to find the strategies um, that, that would benefit them there. You know, that one for me worked because it wasn't taking away from my family. Others, it might be depending on their life situation, some time on the weekends. I will tell you that I, I, I think for me, when it comes to a large scale project, it's not the kind of thing you can do every Saturday. You have to kind of touch it, get your hands on it, hit singles on it every day, right? If you can make a little bit of progress on a book, on a school project, on something, you know, push the ball down the field a little bit, eventually that leads to bigger gains, rather than saying I'm gonna dedicate five hours on Saturday and hit these home runs if you can focus more on being consistent, I think that's that's really the key.
0: I love that uh, habit, that mindset of hitting singles, right? Uh, you know, doing a little bit, a lot of the time. Well, our friend AJ is watching. Uh, you know, he's doing great work with his podcast, Unlock the Middle. He's an assistant principal. Uh, but let's take his question here. What is one habit that you would recommend for school leaders to help with their own routines?
1: I think intentional planning is is really really important finding a strategy that works for you um again i like a a daily organizer where i'm outlining kind of the big things i have to do that day sort of the non-negotiables you know are there a couple of meetings what are the outcomes there are there a couple of phone calls um having a clear map in your head of the the couple of big things that need to happen and you can't map out everything that happens and certainly sometimes you walk into your building something happens on the bus and that's over. So I don't, I don't think the goal is to get better at creating to-do lists or to get better at squeezing more into our calendar. I think the goal is to try to create better conditions for time management to take away from it. You know, one, one just small one that I would really recommend that I think adds up is, is with email, unsubscribing to everything in your inbox that you don't need to have. You know you get 10, 15, 20, 25 of these solicitations. They're probably all great products. and I don't say this to be offensive to the product, but even if that 20 emails, it takes you five seconds, except for your <laughs> um, Even if that takes you a, a few seconds to just delete, it comes back the next day and that yeah. compounds over time. One, one habit that I would recommend is in your email folder creating an unsubscribe folder. Because if you're on your phone or you're in the moment, it's really hard to unsubscribe to emails because a lot of them are really tricky. You know, a lot of them are which button do you click? Do you have to re-enter your email? The, 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 the don't unsubscribe button is pre-populated when you click on unsubscribe. So put those in a folder and then just schedule 15 minutes a week that you're just going to unsubscribe to emails. You know, a time in the day where you need something that can be somewhat of a mindless task. Maybe you get to it, maybe you don't with things happening in your building. Um, But I found that to be a really successful strategy that will cut down on me getting 100, 120 emails a week. Um, And again, over time, that's 400 emails a month. And you can do the math. And even though each one of them in and of themselves is minuscule, just not getting those solicitations is is really huge. Coming back to your inbox and having eight emails instead of 15, psychologically, is better. So you know, the, the, whatever you can do to cut down on the volume of email you receive will free up time for you in other areas.
0: Yeah, I love your concept again, of hitting singles, um, working in those tight, airtight compartments, I think are great. And those are less distractions that are coming in to try to get you. So that's a, that's a great point, Larry. Um, I've kind of shared this out a little bit. And I really was waiting for Father's Day to kick it off. But you're on the show now. You and I are working on a little project together, a collaborative project. So would you take a few moments and, and talk sure. a little bit about that, Larry? Well, you, myself, and a couple other great leaders that we work with,
1: Jeff Evener from Homer and uh, your friend Kevin from North Carolina, I believe he's a building principal. We are working on a book on uh, being dads and being leaders and what that means and, and the balancing. And it's really going to be very story-based in terms of all of us relating some of our personal uh, I would say, successes, struggles, lessons learned um, from, you know, being in leadership positions, having young families, families of varying ages, varying stages. Um, you know, one of our collaborators has a newborn and, and some have folks at high school and college, and I'm kind of in between those two. And so I think it's going to hopefully really resonate um, with, 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 with dads and leaders. I think we're in a different era. In a better era than we were maybe 30 years ago, where you blindly focused on your career. Um, I, I think there's more of a recognition, particularly after COVID or during COVID, um, that that it's more of a balance with our with our work, with our organizations, and with our families. So we're, we're hoping that the book is one part of it. We're hoping to do some leadership retreats for for, for fathers, and uh, you know I'm really excited about looking back on this three to five years from now, and hopefully seeing what kind of movement we can help start. You know, you go through Twitter, you see a lot of folks that are in this space, and I'm just excited to hopefully bring folks together around that.
0: Yeah. I'm excited, too. I'm happy to be working with you guys, Jeff and Kevin. It's going uh, to be fun. It's going to be exciting. It's gonna be really fun. I Absolutely. know we're uh, getting together in July in person, yeah. right, and uh, yep. uh, looking to kick that off at the end of the summer. So happy uh, that you're part of it. Uh, Larry, you mentioned Twitter and you're, you're you're big on twitter you're you're active in twitter chats uh you you reply with a lot of people and things like that tell me tell me about your twitter journey and why do you believe in twitter as a, a tool for administrators yeah you know I, I think i think twitter is
1: is a tremendous source of professional learning for administrators the reality is you become an administrator and, and maybe you land in a place you do your internship you land in a place with someone who's particularly interested in your development, they're going to help mentor you. Lots of us don't land in those places, and it's really up to us to develop our own professional learning plan, for lack of a better word. You know, there there is a a one-year, you know, mentoring requirement for the administrators in New York State. Um, But I know, for example, you know, lots of districts put on large-scale PD for teachers, and and rightfully so. Um, Over the summer during the school year, not as much for school leaders. So I really think it's incumbent upon us to get better, to work to get better, to try to learn from others, to try to broaden our perspectives, learn from people that aren't like us, um, and maybe we're raised differently and had different life experiences that we can learn from, and that our kids also, you know, might have. So I think it really, it really embodies just being proactive with your own professional learning, and just the connections that can be made on there when it's used for those purposes I think are pretty astounding. I mean, just look at our collaboration. You know, I think you and I have met once for four and a half minutes at a conference. I've never met Jeff or Kevin, and here we are collaborating on a project together. That probably doesn't happen without Twitter, to be perfectly honest about the connections that we made. So I think you can really expand your network and it can really be a place that you can learn. I tell our students in our, our leadership class, you're probably gonna get your first job, you know? The, the, the question is where do you go from there? And mm-hmm. it, it's it's all about who can get better at this, who can improve. And the answer really is anybody can if, if they want to. And I think when it comes to Twitter, that's been a key part of my improvement.
0: Yeah. And it goes in line with your hitting singles, right? It's something that you yeah. could do just for a little bit of time. You could get some information and certainly share some information. So it falls Yeah. I the mean,
1: at 7.30 too. to 8, kids are winding down for bed. There's a Twitter chat. I mean – once or twice a week for me, it's just a perfect way to kind of wrap up the day in some ways, you know, and and, and gain some value for, from other folks. So, yes, it is kind of quick hitting. You know, it,
0: it's a short spurt and, and you can really gain a lot from that in a short time. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Uh, that's clearly one way that you look to get better, Larry. You look to improve, right? Those short little things. What can I learn here? What are some other ways that you sharpen your your saw? You've advanced your career. You're a young man, uh, you know, uh, in your early 40s, and you're an assistant superintendent in a large school district. You know, you're, you're constantly sharpening that axe uh, to keep on swinging. What are some other things that you would share today? I would say the
1: biggest thing is, is really intentionally getting around staff and community and, and listening to their concerns. You know, we were in a community forum last night, developing some new strategic goals and plans. And I was in a group with community members and teachers, and really, you know, listening to to what they have to say. And, and and you learn a lot about the ripple effect of your leadership in those ways. You know, some programs that I think may be going really well. That there's a couple pieces that are floundering, or or likewise, some things that are going really well that maybe I need to be a little more involved in making sure continue. So. You know, we have 10 buildings in our district trying to get around to all of them at least, you know, once every couple of weeks. Our secondary schools probably a little more um, and really just getting to know staff and and asking their opinions about things. And, um, you know, I think for me, working in, in a diverse district, getting to know our students as well has been really tremendous. I student taught here in this district oh, 17 wow. years ago. Wow.
0: And,
1: uh, loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Really thought I was going to be hired here didn't work out that way, ended up in another district, which turned out to be a wonderful place to be as well. And so kind of a journey getting back, you know, and, and going from student teacher to assistant superintendent over that time has been has been tremendous. But I think if it's anything, you know, yes, there's books. Yes, there's all these great things that we should all do. But the more we can get out and listen to other people and learn from their
0: perspectives, that's going to make us better leaders. Good stuff, Dr. Dake. You, uh, you know, you're going down the right path, and you know, you're a role model for, for many, uh, Larry. And it's, it's impressive to watch. I'm, I'm, I'm proud to know you. Yeah, uh, Larry. You know, we're we're kind of out of the pandemic. Is it over? Is it done? You know, how yeah. did you absorb that stress? How did you absorb that? anger and, and all that came from that? And like, have you recovered from that?
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's been interesting. I, at the beginning of the pandemic, I found myself in my previous district um feeling stagnant in a lot of ways through, through, through not, no one's fault except for mine. You know, I think that spring of 2020, in many ways, I kind of stopped growing a little more than I should. And so you know, this position opened up and it was the right fit at the right time. And um, so starting a new job on July 1, 2020 and not really knowing what any of this was gonna look like, I really just tried to take the mindset of, I'm gonna try to know a little bit more at the end of the day than I do at the beginning of the day, mm-hmm. not try to have to know everything all at once. Um, and so I tr- when I catch myself getting frustrated and I did today, quite honestly, with just different things hitting and maybe not knowing the answer, I'd sort of had to take a step back and think. I, I know more than I did yesterday, and when I find this answer, I'll know more than I did 20 minutes ago. And so, again, really trying to just break it down in the moment to these kind of bite-sized, hitting singles moments has really helped me. You know, I would say fight back against anxiety that comes with some of these positions and the nervousness and. You know, the idea that if I don't have the answer, I'm going to look stupid. I disavowed myself of that a long time ago and have, you know, come to appreciate that, you know, being vulnerable is is really positive. Um, And you learn from that and you learn from other people and you can learn from everyone. So I would say the pandemic heightened that approach for me and um, I think has really led me to becoming a better leader than I was, say, two, two, three years ago, just from being back in this environment, being really challenged, being really supported and challenged, um, but also having to learn a lot and uh, taking that kind of one step at a time.
0: Yeah. And you're learning, though. You're modeling learning. You got your doctorate. You're on Twitter. You're writing books. You're doing mastermind groups. You're doing those things where you are learning. So not only are you you know, doing that for yourself, you're showing others that it's, you know, you're a lifelong learner. So that's, that's cool Larry what what is something that uh, you were prepared to talk about or you you know you wanted me to ask you that I did not
1: well, you know I'm sitting here talking about all of this and, and, and reflecting on what I talked about with the dads as leaders work that we're doing and you know I, I don't want to lose sight of that I think you know there it's, it's always a tension you know there's always someone in many cases there are you know there's there's a superintendency that opens up and you could be really good at that or a position that opens up and Someone's pulling you there and uh, something people want you to do. And it's really nice to feel wanted. And I've really had to kind of take a step back and put that through the lens of what would that do for my family, realizing that I really kind of am in the perfect place for where I want to be in my life and career right now and really appreciating that rather than just thinking about the next step. I would tell you six, seven years ago, that was my biggest fault was sort of never just being able to appreciate where you are, being kind of ambitious, but also content at the same time. Um, And so it's still a struggle at times, but I really feel like that's something that I want to talk about in our work with dads as leaders too, because, you know, at the end of the day, if you're a superintendent for three years or 10 years or a principal for seven years or four years, who cares later in life, right? Like it really doesn't matter if it's to the detriment of, of your family. And so I think that's something that I've really come to appreciate more as, as I've gone along here in my career.
0: Well said, and uh, I agree. I love the concept from Brian Kane, right? You don't keep your eyes on the prize. You keep your eyes in front of you. And he uses the model of the steps, right? You, you want to run to the top of the steps. You, you don't look at the top of the steps. You look at each step in front of you, yeah. and, you and you just, that's, keep that's ordering. a great great analogy. Yeah, not, not as good yeah. as hitting singles, but uh, I'm to, yeah. Larry, let's roll. I know you have a busy afternoon. Uh, these are rapid fire, Larry. You're, you're a New Yorker. You should be fine. Uh, but the quick quick answer that comes to your yeah. mind, are you ready? I am. I Here am. we go. Last
1: book you read. I am currently reading a biography of Dizzy Dean, the picture of the St. Louis Cardinals in the 1930s. Oh, uh-huh. Interesting. Fascinating. Last movie you saw. I think it was actually Moneyball. There's a theme here, if, yeah. If you're not <laughs> yeah, Moneyball. And I tell you why? And are I, you and a I baseball fan? I, a huge baseball fan, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So I've used this in, in, in some leadership thinking as well. You know, the idea of Moneyball is that there's this group of people looking at baseball differently and valuing statistics and strengths that others were undervaluing and finding that to be successful. So what are the things in our work that are undervalued?
0: Mm. That we
1: don't do enough, and we look at great leaders, and we think like, oh, they must have all the answers and all of that. And I think teacher voice and student voice are two of those things. And I think we all know they're valuable, but you know, to really utilize that to drive school improvement uh, versus me sitting up here and thinking that I know what the answer is all the time, or half the time, or any of the time without that, without that voice is uh, is is wrong. So I think you know, from the Moneyball perspective. What are the things that the outsiders in education, like the outsiders in baseball or those people looking at stats, um, what are we undervaluing on the inside? What's the game within the game?
0: That's a great – that is a great thing there, Larry. How about your favorite dish?
1: Oh, boy. I'm going to probably have to say pizza. I know it's a boring answer, but, you know, you have three kids at home. you, You tend to have more of it than you probably should. So, Friday nights, you know, Friday nights. And yeah. I was, what's what's your lot.
0: topping? What you? What's your topping on it?
1: Um, I'm probably just a classic pepperoni guy, to be honest. Okay. All yeah. Right.
0: When you go for the second slice, do you go for the second slice of pepperoni or you go and cheese on the second slice?
1: Well, my kids like cheese more than pepperoni. So, you know, strategically speaking, the pepperoni <laughs> slice is typically available.
0: <laughs> your favorite place to travel.
1: Uh, I'd say the Adirondacks in upstate New York, yeah, for to, sure. Good you good know, Lake George area, Lake Placid, Saranac Lake, um, up that area,
0: for sure. A journal or a blog you subscribe to?
1: Uh, beyond yours, which is fantastic. Uh, there is a superintendent in um, in Iowa named Dr. Jared Smith. Oh yeah. Who wrote Who wrote Learning Curve? Yeah. Um, he has another book coming out now. He's he's a fantastic leader. He wrote an endorsement for my second book as well. He has, a, he has a great blog. I would also say Rick Jetter up in Western New York does a lot of great writing and has been really involved with the 100 Stop Series. And the Blue Book is coming out on the things leaders um, should stop doing, which again is a you know kind of a habits-based approach, which I really appreciate. So those two in particular, I think are worth
0: checking out. Both friends of the program, both good yeah. dudes. Absolutely, good answer. Uh, your favorite stress reliever. Oh, favorite stress
1: reliever. Um, I really like the '86 Mets four-part series on ESPN Plus. I'd say that, um, you know. And, and recently, actually, this is a little bit unlike me, but I recently uh, built a. And by by, I'm using little b built. I don't, I don't. I'm not trying to oversell this. A fire pit in our backyard. My I, wife and I talked about having a real fire pit for a number yeah, of years. So we just yeah. did it with some rocks around our property. So. That's been
0: fun for the last yeah. month or so on a, on a nice Saturday night. Very nice to do that. I agree. Good, good. Another good answer. Uh, a pet peeve of yours, something that gets under your skin. Man, I really dislike it when,
1: when people try to – it's one of the habits in the book – try to delegate up mm-hmm. responsibilities. You know, I, in terms of this is my mess, but I'm going to – you know, put my assistant super on an email or whatever it is. And you're trying to read the email thread to figure out what's going on. Like, just give me a call. I guess I'd appreciate that. But, you know, every now and again, things are sticky and they need to. They need to. There's no question about that. I'm not saying it's, it's always. But, uh,
0: you know, I would say it's probably my biggest pet peeve. Delegate up. That's an interesting term. Give me a recent victory of yours. Hmm. A recent victory.
1: Um, I hosted my first Twitter chat about two weeks ago. For the Virginia uh, Association of Education or Elementary School Principals, V A S E P S P, and so uh, that was a lot of fun, I, and it went really quickly. I, I was shocked at just how little time there is to think when you're hosting it versus being able to read things and go through it. But that was a really great experience. Thankful that they gave me that opportunity, and uh, you know,
0: they let a northerner host their chat. So that that was a lot of fun. Showed a little Southern hospitality. You did yeah. a good job, and I know you and I talked about hosting one together. Uh, yes. kind of Release the books here together. That would be great. I'd like to do that with you. Yes, at eight AM on Saturday morning. I feel fill in the blank. Oh,
1: I feel really hopeful for the weekend. Mm. You know, in terms of trying to, uh, you know, there's there's usually some things to check in on work wise on the weekend. You know, I'm not I'm never one of these totally disconnect people. But being able to spend some time with your family and, you know, kids have different things going on. And we, we, we are very blessed to live in a community where my parents are close by, my wife's parents are close by, um, cousins are close by. So, you know, a lot of that, particularly in the summertime, is really, really fun.
0: Beautiful. If I'm coming to a barbecue at your house and you would say, oh, you have to try the, what, mm. what what would you have me try? I don't know if we have any really good barbecue food.
1: But I will say just from the Binghamton, New York region, you'd have to try the speedies.
0: Those are the dogs, right?
1: That the speedies is a cubed cut of chicken or pork that is marinated and typically skewered. And it is native to Binghamton, New York. In fact, when I took my son to, we have a double-A baseball team actually right there in the city of Binghamton. Um, it was speedy night. Last Friday, and they were—they were not the Binghamton Rumble Ponies that night. They were the Binghamton Speedies. Uh, so, the Speedy is apparently a a, a Southern Tier derived uh, treat. So, I guess that
0: will be the thing that you'd have to try. I would say bringing some of those to Syracuse yeah, when we. I shall. Uh, that's, great, that's a great idea. I will do that. What is one thing you're curious about? Hmm.
1: One thing I'm curious about,
0: um,
1: I'm always curious about kind of what the next school year is going to hold. And I know it's unpredictable, but I know we came into this past one really hopeful that we were past a lot of this. And certainly in our area had some really big spikes in the winter time. And um, I'm curious when we come back in September, will we be better prepared than I think we were this past September? You know, and that's not to fault anyone. I just, I think we were all very hopeful that we were out of the woods and we weren't. Maybe we never truly will get out of the woods. Um, but I, I, I've sensed, at least in our district, some decompression in the last month or two. And I really want to do whatever I can to help that continue and um, carry that into the next school year. Something
0: about Dr. Dake that people do not know about.
1: People do not know about. Um Boy. You know, I'll go back to the baseball theme. I'm a really huge baseball history dork. You said dork. <laughs> you know, I, there's a podcast called This Week in Baseball History, and uh, two guys host it. It's wonderful, and it's just kind of a long-form narration of an event in baseball history. They go through some birthdays. They go through guys' careers, and I just love it. I just find it fascinating. These people that grew up in, you know – 1890s in Cole country pennsylvania and they become big league it's just it's just very fascinating
0: yeah to so, we're gonna have to get yeah. you on uh, aj's podcast he does some stuff with baseball so maybe nice. you, uh, you join aj uh, there in new jersey uh larry you're writing books you're doing great things uh up in binghamton area you're very involved in saneys how can uh, people get in touch with you yeah, I'd say the best the best
1: one is is Twitter at Larry Dake L A R R Y D A K E. That's probably the best way to get me, um, and we sort of go from go from there. But you know, love to connect, and and I think the key there is kind of what our relationship has become. Andrew, you just kind of learn from each other and make connections, and we can all help each other become better leaders. And um, you know, I think in this era, we all need that because we're facing so many challenges that that I think we're settling into some of them, but certainly are unprecedented that we've had.
0: Larry, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, this has been show number 210. Uh, you, you are doing great stuff out there. Larry, you want to uh, bring us home with a quote? Do you have something that you kind of live yeah. by or a quote to, to wrap us up? Yeah, you know, I would I would
1: go with a, with a Jim Rohn quote, R-O-H-N, someone who's writing in listening to his speeches has also sort of changed a lot of my thinking over the years. You know, he has something he talks about is don't wish it were easier, wish you were better. Mm. And so, you know, we all have those really, really tough days and you talk about E plus R equals O, right. The same stuff happens to all of us in a lot of ways. And it's how do you react to it and how do you deal with it? So, you know, I think about that in connection to some of your, your work as well. Um, But, you know, and and again, I all, I, I think we all, we all can always improve at what we're doing. We're all unfinished products. So that's one that resonates
0: with me for sure. I love that quote. Don't wish it was easier. Wish you were better. And I don't want wish, right? I want to keep working at it. Yeah. So uh, I appreciate you, Larry. Uh, stay on the line a minute. This was show number 210, everybody, here on Education Leadership Beyond. Thanks to AJ and our viewing audience. Uh, Thanks, thank leave us a positive review. Leave us a comment uh, in the chat. Uh, and certainly check out Particle right here they are men's uh products here and that discount code is 20 mirada particles good stuff larry we're gonna have to try to get you some of this stuff uh for here for for particle we'll do a straight trade (laughs) (laughs) for face wash it'll be a win-win the speedies might hurt my uh, complexion a little bit with (laughs) if you only go with one or two it won't i promise (laughs) dr larry dake everyone from uh, Binghamton, new york uh larry thank you so much We're going to sign off here on education, leadership, and beyond, uh, surviving and thriving. Keep rolling, everyone, and keep surviving and thriving.